Hey everybody, welcome to Momletics. I'm your host, Rebecca Sheehan. I love today's topic because it's one that you might not necessarily seek out, but is relevant and useful in, dare I say, nearly all areas of daily life. I'm talking about etiquette. And no, not just putting your napkin on your lap and knowing which fork to use. Rules of etiquette are relevant whether you're interacting or even thinking about interacting with other people. And what better time for a refresher on these social graces than the start of the holiday season? So I thought we'd bring in an etiquette expert to help us decode these unwritten rules, some of which always seem to be changing. Alison Shepardak is an accomplished attorney turned entrepreneur and etiquette enthusiast. She leads one-on-one -on -one coaching and group seminars, and her brand, Elevate Etiquette, also has quite the following on social media. So Allison, thank you so much for joining us on Momletics today. I'm so excited to get this conversation started. Well, thank you for having me. The enthusiasm is, uh, is the same over here. Very happy to be here. What is an etiquette rule that you see people continually get wrong or maybe don't even know about? Something I think people continually do, and they do it with the best of intentions, is overcommitting. Gretchen Rubin says this often. She talks about like making decisions with your future self in mind. So oftentimes it's like if someone were to ask you to do this thing right now, the answer would be no, but you just think that, well, a couple of weeks from now, things will be different and I will want to go to this event or I will be able to help out with this or whatever it is. And I think often people overcommit with a spirit of generosity and then the commitment comes and they don't want to do it and so they back out at the last minute or they just have too many things that are going on to make it feasible. The kinder thing is a clear and expedient no um, delivered with kindness rather than waiting till the last minute to say no or saying yes and then ultimately saying no later on. That's a good one. That makes a lot of sense, especially as we get into the holiday season, which is so busy. Yes. So that actually is a good segue because I wanted to talk about holiday etiquette since we are in that season now. So a big one would be conversation topics. Sure. Is talking politics at a holiday party ever okay? I don't encourage people to bring up politics first. I'll start with that. And I do think it depends on the crowd. Like, for example, I live in Washington, D.C., and so you can't avoid interacting and working with people that you disagree with on at least some political issues. So there's like this undercurrent of respect and diplomacy when you're talking to people, which takes the temperature down and it can be more um, philosophical or academic and not so vitriolic. But I will say if you're going to talk about politics, tread lightly. And I always suggest approaching a conversation with a spirit of curiosity, not an intent to convert. So when it comes to talking about, I don't know, topics that might be a little uncomfortable, some people can be so nosy, right? Like if you are getting married, oh, when are you going to start trying for a baby? Are there ways of asking those types of questions without being nosy? I guess your question, it has two parts to it. First is, how do you know if it's okay to talk about certain topics? I would say ask those open-ended questions first and then let, let the other person open the door to, like I wouldn't necessarily ask a question about family planning if they haven't brought it up themselves. And then if you are the recipient of a question that's uncomfortable, and so many questions can be 
challenging for people. And it's, it's hard because you will meet people who do not want to be asked when they're going to get married. And then you will also meet people that cannot wait to tell you every detail of their wedding that they have planned. So there's a lot of gray area there. Um, but with respect to not wanting to answer questions, you have to do something that is consistent with your personality. For myself, I don't answer the question. I usually use humor and I redirect to something that I do want to talk about. And I try to do it in a kind way that doesn't come across as like, I can't believe you asked me that rude question. Um, I think humor helps. Um, but for some people, if you have a different personality, being more direct can also work too. Because you don't want to embarrass the other person for asking the question because they maybe were well-intentioned with it. Exactly. Yes. What would an example be of an open-ended question you can ask somebody that's not prying? Sure. Well, for the holiday season, I love asking questions about people's favorite memories during the holidays, if their families have any special traditions, or if there's anything in particular they're looking forward to. Um, I like to ask people how they've been spending their time lately. I like to ask them things that they're passionate about. If they're from a different area of the country, I might ask about if I've ever, if I ever have the opportunity to go there, what should I do? Um, favorite restaurants, things like that. Those are great questions. I have to say, when I have a conversation with someone and they seem genuinely interested in hearing what I have to say about some of the topics that you just mentioned, I mean, it just makes you feel so good versus yes. with the other types of questions, it feels like they're just prying and just kind of want juicy tidbits from you. Yes, I, mean, I think one of the greatest gifts we can give people is our attention and listening. And, and a lot of people have anxieties around small talk or what to say. Like one of the greatest fears among adults is first public speaking, but second, going to an event where they don't know anyone. So something that can really mollify anxiety and help with conversation is just listening to people because the better you listen, the more you'll be thinking about, oh, well, I can ask about this or I can ask about that. And you'll be worrying less about what you're going to say next. That's a great point because I consider myself an extrovert, but it's still scary mm -hmm. sometimes going into situations where you don't know many people and you feel mm -hmm. like you have to be so proactive. And sometimes it's like, I don't know if I have the energy for this right now. Especially in the holiday season, I think many of us have different types of events and some of them we might be really looking forward to and some of them we may not be as excited to go to. And I encourage people to treat them as like a little practice round of getting better at whatever that skill is. Like maybe you're going to an event with your partner where you don't really know anyone or they're going to be talking about things that you're not interested in, but it's, it's great practice. So speaking of conversations, I have gotten this question a lot and wonder about it myself. How do you end a conversation? Even if you're talking to someone that you enjoy talking to, but if it's just the two of you and everyone else seems to sort of disperse, mm -hmm. you still have to find a way to end it. I always say it has been so lovely connecting with you then, or something to that effect. So lovely to reconnect, so lovely to meet you. And then mention something specific that you talked about. I really enjoyed hearing about your recent trip to Italy. I'll definitely um, want to you know, ask you more about these restaurants in the future or something like that. So something specific about your conversation. And then I hope you enjoy the rest of this party or we'll look forward to seeing you next month or something that, that ends it. And, and 
don't lie. Don't say, I'm going to get a drink and I'll be right back or anything that says, just be honest. Say, it's wonderful chatting with you and wonderful chatting about this specific thing and then end it with something like, um, you know, I look forward to seeing you whenever that's going to be. Or I hope you enjoy the rest of the evening. And it's even okay to say, I want to make sure that, you know, there's so many wonderful people here tonight. I want to make sure that I say hello to a few others, something like that. What about flipping it around? I've had this happen where somebody says, oh, I don't want to keep you any longer. And it, it's it's polite. It seems a little bit ingenuine because I know like they just want to get out of the conversation. But I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, it's better than staying in the conversation for the rest of the night. But I think you're saying just be genuine, be honest. Yes. And also, if you're at an event, and and I find this especially with professional events, like people have a goal of they want to connect with specific individuals or people from specific organizations. I think it's very important never to make people feel like you don't really want to talk to them and that you're just looking around their shoulder to see someone that you do want to talk to. So that's really important to be mindful of. You want, when you're having a conversation with someone, be present with them and don't make them feel like they're not important to you. Yeah, I think eye contact is so important there. Like there's nothing worse than when you're talking to someone and their eyes are just jetting all across the room. Like who yeah. else would I rather be talking to right now? Like people see that. Definitely. So when you go to a party, when should you be on time versus fashionably late? You you don't want to be early. Some people think like, oh, I must be like extra great if I show up early. That's not the case unless it's like a, a dentist appointment. It's okay to show up to your dentist early. but. I like to say about 10 minutes after a party starts at a at someone's home, that's when you want to show up, maybe 10, 15 minutes after the start time. And also as a host, it's helpful to give your guests a sense of what they can expect. So if there's going to be food and drink, you should communicate that. Sometimes it's obvious holiday dinner party, um, but communicate that to your host. And then also, let's say you're having a party that begins at 630. You could say we'll start with drinks and small bites at 630 and then dinner at 730. So people, they can they can know what to expect. And then it also, I think, empowers hosts with the agency to just serve dinner, even if some people haven't arrived, especially because sometimes with holiday parties, if you have like back to back parties, not everyone is going to be extra timely all the time. That is a great point. I like that advice a lot. Now, speaking of invitations, what should you do when you're invited to a party and there's either no dress code listed or it's very vague? I would ask the host. I would definitely ask the host um, what they have in mind. And sometimes the dress codes can be tricky. Like I have an event I'm going to this week and the dress code is festive, which is you could take that in many different directions but i'd say ask the host or if it's an event let's say it's a larger event it's an annual thing and you know others who have attended the event before or know what to expect and they would have you have reason to believe that they would know what's typically worn there that's good in terms of what to wear for holiday parties especially for say work holiday parties i say generally you want to wear something that's work appropriate but has a little something special to it so maybe you always wear heels to work but you're going to wear your like plaid heels or your red heels or like a statement earring or just something a, a little special when you're invited to a big party should you bring a host gift i feel like when it's a smaller party it's more obvious that you should bring something and also when should you bring a gift versus send a thank you note or a gift afterwards? So 
I think a thank you note is always wonderful. And in terms of sending a gift afterwards or bringing a gift, that's a matter of personal preference. I personally like to bring a gift, but there's nothing wrong with sending a gift afterwards. I especially think sending a gift afterwards can work well if it's an event that you know the host, for example, has already taken care of their flowers or there's a lot of logistics, maybe it's more formal, you could send them flowers a few days later. So that's a matter of personal preference, whether you do it the day of or after. And I think it's always nice to bring a little something. Regifting, is it ever okay? And, that, and this is not just for like corporate holiday parties, it could be for a secret Santa or anything else. So yes, I think it's okay, but it depends on what it is and also what the forum is. So if there's any possibility that it might get back to the person that you re-gifted what they gave you, then I I would say no. But if, if there's really no conceivable way that they would know, like you're not giving away monogrammed hand towels or um, something like that, I think it's okay. What are your holiday etiquette pet peeves? Because I definitely have a few. They're minor, but... Holiday etiquette pet peeves. There aren't many things in etiquette that bother me. The things that really bother me are just like people using etiquette to make other people feel bad. But I think not showing up empty handed, that's a big one. Keep your word. If you're going to come go to something, actually go to something. And then dressing appropriately at holiday parties. And then also um, not having too much to drink and like not embarrassing yourself when you go to parties. That's another one. Another thing I think that can happen in the around the holiday season is people can lose their patience in the kitchen, especially when it comes to cooking big meals. Or if you show up to someone's house, especially say it's like Christmas or Thanksgiving, ask if you can help and, and respect whatever the host says. So if the host says, yes, can you help me slice lemons and put them in this water, then do exactly that as they want you to. Um, but if they say like, no, just, you know, make yourself comfortable, make yourself at home, then also respect that. And the same goes for cleanup. Like if your host says they don't want any help with the cleanup, respect that. Don't start putting their china in the dishwasher. And if they do want help, follow whatever their preferences are, even if they aren't your preferences, they, how you would clean at home. So speaking of being in someone's home and, and dining, someone had asked me about dietary restrictions. Yes. How many of those do you really have to accommodate if you're hosting and preparing food? So if you are hosting and someone says that they have dietary restrictions, and I always ask for dietary restrictions, and I usually ask when someone RSVPs. So sometimes I'll put it on the invitation, like when I do a paperless post invitation, I have a question there where I, I say, um, are there any dietary restrictions or other accommodations that would be helpful? So that kind of opens the door if there's something else that could be helpful in terms of an accommodation. Um, but a host is not under an obligation to make something really elaborate or that would be too onerous for them, but they should see to it that there is something that everyone who's coming to their home can eat and feel satisfied if it's something that's doable. But if the request is too challenging, I recommend going back to the guest and saying, you know, and, and inviting them to bring something that would meet their needs. And you might even tell them um, what you plan to make so that if the guests would like to bring something that's kind of similar so that they don't feel like the odd one out that's having something very different from everybody else, that can be helpful too. I'm sensing a common theme throughout all of this, and it's 
being honest and direct with other people. Yes. And also with respect to hosting, when you're a host, think like a guest. And when you're a guest, think like a host. Taking this all collectively, do you think that practicing proper etiquette can make the holiday season less stressful and more enjoyable? Definitely. Especially to your point a moment ago about how etiquette is all about honesty. Not being honest is exhausting and stressful. So the more we can just be ourselves and be honest and be kind and practice being honest in some of the harder situations, it's, it's just a better way to live and ultimately less stressful. So I asked my social media followers to share their burning etiquette questions and pet peeves. There were quite a few. So if it's okay with you, we can do a quick rapid fire round and address some of these. Absolutely. Okay. One person asked, why don't people push in their chairs anymore? I don't know, but I think we should. <laughs> Another pet peeve, cursing in general, but especially at work. Yes, I think it's it's not good in general and it's not good at work. And I think that cursing can convey a lack of intelligence, like you don't have a robust vocabulary to express your emotions. Cell phones while you're dining, when you're dining out or at home, off the table, what about texting? Cell phones off the table, anything that is not used for the meal or not decorative for the tablescape does not belong on the table. So that's cell phones, keys, sunglasses, bags, those things are not needed to enjoy your meal, so they shouldn't be there. Uh, but we all have moments where we might be dining with someone and we have something timely or important that we need to keep an eye on. Like maybe you have a babysitter that you need to hear from or you have a, a pressing work matter. So in that situation, I would tell those that you're dining with up front. And so for that reason, you're going to be checking your phone from time to time. This is not responding to every email that comes in. And then when a phone call does come in, you would say, please excuse me. You would get up and you would leave the table to take the call um, rather than sitting there and having a captive audience. I assume it would be the same with having to send a text message or look at one. Yes. In texting, I think if you don't necessarily need to get up unless it's going to be like this very drawn out long thing. Um, but yes, just explain from the beginning. So it's not a surprise when over dinner, all of a sudden you're texting back and forth. I think that's something that younger people need to learn too, because they're used to being on their phones all the time. So sometimes it's hard to let go. Yes. And I think it's important to think generational or like more globally in terms of how they're being perceived or how someone is being perceived when they're on their phone, because often it can be perceived as disrespect especially from older generations, like if you're in a, a meeting, not having your phone in your hands, whereas a younger person might think, I'm listening, I may not be making eye contact, but I can tell you everything that you just said. And so even if that may not be true, the perception is that you're not giving your undivided attention. So that's especially important to think about in multi-generational context. That's good advice. Is saying congratulations to a bride outdated? I don't say it. Most people do. And the reason we don't say congratulations is it comes across as like, I'm so surprised someone wants to marry you. So I generally say something more like, I'm so excited for you. I'm so over the moon excited for you, something like that. And it is semantically a slight distinction, but I still don't say congratulations. 
What do you think about when people say we're pregnant? I would never correct anyone. Um, <laughs> it's grammatically more correct to say I am pregnant or we are expecting or our family is growing. Um, so we are expecting is good. Yes. Is it rude to underdress for a black tie event? For example, wearing a shorter cocktail dress or a regular tie? So yes, it, it is. Um, if you have a dress code, it should be followed. And that's how you respect the host of the event in helping create the aesthetic that they're going for, for all the guests that are there. Black tie optional, should women wear long dresses? Black tie optional, they have a choice. I recommend either a long dress or a T-length dress or a high-low dress. So one where it's higher in the front, but then long in the back. Good compromise. And last question, are there any online or in-person etiquette courses that you recommend? So yes, I teach etiquette online and in person. So I would be happy to, um, to speak with whoever would be interested in that. Tell us a little bit about your courses that you teach. So I teach professional etiquette courses, I teach social etiquette courses, and then I also teach quite a bit about protocol. So this is like the international diplomacy of um, state engagements and what to do in various countries. So I'll prepare people for trips to other parts of the world that they may be less familiar with for social or business purposes. What's the coolest setting in which you've taught etiquette? Well, Like diplomats, how to deal with each other properly? <laughs> Yes, I prepared, um, I prepared some folks for a business trip to India recently, um, which included a Diwali ceremony and some a nice mix of social and business events. And, and that was a fun one to work on. So did you have to research about Indian culture and etiquette in order to help instruct the Americans? Um, especially when it comes to diplomacy, there's the etiquette of like, is this a culture where people give gifts to each other? If so, is it a culture where people open gifts in front of each other? Are there certain types of gifts that would be offensive? That's always important to know. And then knowing if there's any legal limitations to people receiving gifts as well. It's so nuanced. It is, yes. But again, it all comes back to kindness. Like Maya Angelou would say, people won't remember what you said or what you did, or but they'll remember how you made them feel. And I'm paraphrasing there, but the same applies in all sorts of international diplomatic interactions too. So I saw on your Instagram account that you taught a seminar at Harvard Law School. Yes. First, what was that about? And second, did anyone call you Elle Woods? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> well, so that was a mastering your mingling workshop, preparing them for professional networking scenarios where there would be um, hors d'oeuvres and drinks and like preparing for a large law firm. Um, many of them are going to be clerking for federal judges. So they had some questions about that as well. And they were a great group, really earnest and thoughtful and wonderful to work with. And, and there are plenty of beautiful women at Harvard Law School who embody Elle Woods in all the best ways. So <laughs> that was cool to see. It's not a fair question. You are blonde, but you are <laughs> definitely not Elle Woods. Not even from California, so. <laughs> so how can people find your work and follow you? So my website is elevateetiquette.com. And then you can find me on all the social places at Elevate Etiquette. Is there anything else you want to touch upon or mention before we conclude? 
one thing I would say is that to the extent your audience is mainly mothers or many mothers, um, there's so much they can do to teach their children etiquette just by example. And they're in an extraordinary position to do that, which I think is very cool and powerful. That is a great note to end on. So Allison Shepardak, thank you so much for joining us today. I think this conversation is incredibly helpful as we enter the holiday season and just in general. So thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. And thank you all for being with us today. You can subscribe to Momlitics wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube and you can find all the episodes and blog posts in one place at momlitics.com. I'm your host, Rebecca Sheehan. We'll see you next time.